First, it is important to have a little bit of historical context. For those of you who want more historical context, you'll get more tonight at 9 o'clock if you come to the reading of Echa. But just to give the broad outline of the story, the Jews lived in Israel, and Israel was run by the Romans. The reason, by the way, Israel was run by the Romans is because the Jews couldn't solve their own problems and invited the Romans in, and the Romans never left. A cautionary tale. But not only were the Romans there, but they had a series since Israel was a remote province and not all that important. They had a series of procurators, of people who ran Israel, basically, that were not always the most skilled or careful. And a couple of emperors who were not particularly solicitous of Jewish belief. And there were constant clashes. This may or may not shock you, but not only were there constant clashes between the Jews and the Romans, but there were constant clashes between the Jews and the Jews. And when the rabbis talk about the temple being destroyed because of sinat chinam, baseless hatred, we know which groups of Jews fought with each other and divided the Jewish people as the Romans invaded. So there were revolts. And eventually, after a long and very costly battle, first Israel was subjugated, and then, because it refused to be subjugated, the temple was burned to the ground. The war continued afterwards, but really by the year 70, which is the year in which the temple was destroyed, there was no doubt. It's hard for us today to appreciate what a tremendous blow that was to the Jewish people, but up until that moment, the temple had been the central institution of all of Jewish life. People came there during the Shalosh Regalim, the pilgrimage holidays, three times a year. And all you have to do is read the book of Leviticus and you realize how much was centered around the temple. Tisha B'Av, the day on which the temple was destroyed, then became a symbolic placeholder for all of the tragedies of Jewish history up until the Shoah, until the Holocaust. I'd first like to dispense with the myth that the reason Jewish history continued is because of tragedies. The Jews are not the only people in history that have suffered tragedies, and not the only people in history that have been persecuted. The difference is most of the small nations of history that were persecuted you don't know about because they don't exist anymore, because they were destroyed, which is always the aim of the persecutor. Jews survived in spite of persecution, not because of it. And remember also that Tisha B'Av is not only about the temple. 
a theme to which I will return in a moment. But first, I want to tell you my favorite Tisha B'Av story. It's weird to have a favorite Tisha B'Av story, I grant you. Let me tell you my favorite story about the great tragedies of Jewish history. Rabbi Danny Landis, who used to be a rabbi in Los Angeles, some of you know, then was the head of Pardes, lives in Israel, many years ago told me this story. His brother was a lawyer in Chicago, maybe still is. And one year, the law firm scheduled the law firm's annual picnic on Shabbat. So in his observant Jew, he went to the head of the firm. He said, look, it's fine. I certainly am not protesting, but I just want you to know why I can't attend. And the head of the firm said, no worries, I'll change it. I didn't mean to offend. He scheduled it on Tisha B'Av. <laughs> so Danny's brother went to him and he said, listen, I'm really sorry. I should have told you in advance this actually is the day of mourning for the destruction of the temple. I can't go to the company picnic. The guy said, well, I'll know for next year. I didn't. And then he put out a memo to the law firm. Mr. Landis will not be able to join us at the picnic because his temple was destroyed and he's very sad. <laughs> and the amazing thing is that people would come up to him in the hall and say, I'm so sorry about your temple. <laughs> and he said it was actually in some ways the most poignant Tisha B'Av he ever had because it made it today. People reacting as though it had just happened which is exactly what you're supposed to feel, of course. Which leads me to a paradox of Jewish mourning, which is the small video that I sent out to the congregation. So if you saw this, here is a repetition. When you mourn for a human being in the Jewish tradition, you start with the funeral. Then you have Shiva, the seven days. Then you have Shloshim, the 30 days, and then you have a year of Kaddish. In other words, the mourning starts very intense, and then gradually grows less and less intense as you return to life. Tisha B'Av is the opposite. We have the three weeks, and then the nine days, and then Tisha B'Av, which is more and more and more strict and intense. Why? Because when you lose someone, you feel it immediately, and then you have to recover. But we all live in our daily lives. We don't need to recover. What we need to do is to introduce ourselves to grief. We have to start grieving again. And so the tradition has to become more and more and more serious. And part of the task of anyone who talks about Tisha B'Av is to tell people why they should be sad. Because after all, maybe you pray for the restoration of the temple, but my guess is there's nobody sitting here who daily thinks, if only we could sacrifice a ram in Jerusalem, I'd be happy. But remember that not only was that the beginning of the end of Jewish sovereignty in Jerusalem and Israel for 2,000 years, but remember what happened to us after. Even before the Holocaust, which has its own day of mourning, just as one example that is mostly forgotten among Jews. Think of the Crusades. In 1096, when the Muslims had conquered Jerusalem, all of a sudden it was decided, the Pope, the Emperor, it's a long story, we're going to go and reconquer Jerusalem from the infidels. 
But they didn't gather an army. What they did was they gathered both an army and anyone who wanted to come and fight. And if you fought, all your debts were relieved. Now, can you imagine how many people? And along the way, guess what? They found other infidels called Jews. And marching through the Rhineland, there were massacres in city after city after city after city. Whole families wiped out again and again and again. Who remembers them? Who weeps for them? They were killed because they were Jews. As Abba Ibn memorably said, there are things in Jewish history too terrible to imagine, but nothing too terrible not to have happened. And when you read the Crusade Chronicles, you see these horrendous stories where they'll write things like to Abraham, you had one akedah, you once were called on to sacrifice your children, but I had to do it seven times, 10 times, 12 times. I saw all my children killed before my eyes. So you, Abraham, think you suffered. You suffered nothing compared to what we suffered. Who remembers them? But if Tisha B'Av is real to you, you don't forget. You remember that to be a Jew is to be the inheritor of a long history of great richness and learning and beauty, but also of tremendous pain. The poet Yeats, reflecting on the Irish experience, said, too long a sacrifice makes a stone of the heart. But it didn't do it to us. Our hearts didn't turn to stone. And the reason that it didn't was because of this Shabbat, Shabbat Chazon, the Shabbat of a vision, because we made the suffering, suffering that meant something. It wasn't empty and it wasn't meaningless. It was for a purpose. It was for a vision. That's why, as those crusaders marched through the Rhineland, they gave every Jew a choice. You can die or you can convert. And the overwhelming majority of Jews chose to die which is inconceivable. All they had to do was say, we'll convert. That's all they had to do, but they wouldn't do it. Because they believed in the vision that we get to live. That one day, there would be a redemption. And the redemption would come in part because they didn't give up. That's what Tisha B'Av means. It means that this was not purposeless suffering. This wasn't meaningless suffering. This was the suffering of a vision. So we read Echa, which is a lamentation from the destruction of the first temple in 586 BCE. And we remember the destruction of the kingdom by the Assyrians, the destruction of the temple by the Babylonians, the destruction of the second temple by the Romans, and all the subsequent sufferings of our people in every age, in almost every land. And we remember it 
because we're still here. We remember it because all of the tyrants of Jewish history who tried to destroy us failed. They didn't fail to cause us pain, but they failed to bury us. And so tonight, once again, we'll read about the sufferings of our people and we'll reenact customs of mourning, not because it's over, but because it isn't over, because we remember them day after day, year after year, in their strength, in their goodness, in their legacy. May the memory of all those who came before us and did not give up be a blessing to all those of us who are lucky enough in freedom with a land of Israel, strong and proud, to be able to remember. Shabbat shalom. Shabbat shalom.